And then uh, make sure and tell them if they can't come, say, okay, then I'll see you at Easter. And make sure they try to come for Easter. So I want to talk to you today, if you could stay with me just for a couple minutes through, through little, like a little thing here. Today we're going to talk about, I want to call it the, the, I got up there, I think, the mantle of love. But I want to call it the love mantle. You know, this is February, so we're going to talk about love a lot. And you know that that's just my forte. I just love talking about love. I just love loving people. Um, the greatest of these is love, right? The greatest of these is love. I want to talk about this little story here. I'm going to talk more about it later about love in action. But there's this, little, this, there's this person that this dad said, he took, I, I, took, I took Helen, his little eight-year-old uh, little girl, and Brandon, and he was five years old, to, to a mall. And they went to the mall to go to Sears so he can get him some saws. And when he got there, there was a big old 18-wheeler outside that just said uh, petting zoo. And so the kid was like, Dad, can we go, can we go, can we go? He said, yeah, 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 we can go. And so he flipped both of them a quarter, and they went inside, and he went on to get his stuff, and he went on over there. And a few minutes later, you know, they, have, they had the little petting zoo. It was like this much full of saw, you know, that little sawdust stuff and little squirmy little, little animals and stuff everywhere. And he was over there looking at the saws and stuff, and all of a sudden his daughter Helen showed up over there where he was at. And so he bent down over there and asked her, said, honey, said, why are you here? What, what is going on now? Why are, you, why are you here and not over there playing with your brother? And she said, well, daddy, it costs 50 cents. So I gave, I gave Brandon my quarter. And so she, and she said, dad, you know what our family motto is, don't you? And he knew. And he said, well, what is it, baby? And she said, the family motto is love in action. And so she, she had watched the dad do things for the mom and say love is, love is, love is action. And she, he, he saw mom do things for, for dad and, loved, and it became part of her lifestyle. And she saw this opportunity and she said, it's love in actions. And so what, he said, what, what did I do? He said, not what you think I did. We went over there and we stood by the fence and we watched Brandon play. And there was a, there was a 50 cents burning in my pocket, he said. He said, but I did not give it to her because she never asked for it because the whole motto is it's not just love and action she knew that it was love love is sacrificial action amen see love love always pays a price and sometimes it's good to love so much that you just don't get what you i'm sure and i hope this dad took her back later on and did it but i understand in that moment he was letting her experience the the, the excitement and the joy of watching her sacrifice love with that little 50 cents and love always has a price and love always costs something love is expensive when, whenever whenever um when you whenever you you love your benefits accrue in somebody else's account love is not for me love is for you love is not for the person giving it it's for the person receiving it she wanted to experience that, that, that family motto. And see, love is sacrificial action. I want to, I want to talk to you about, about mantle. And a, a mantle, a mantle is, is like, is like a, it, it depicts a family DNA or a heritage. In, in the Bible days, when people would, um, if you go in their house, somewhere in their house, you would find some kind of tapestry or something that was pretty elegant that kind of symbolized not their family's shield, but, but their lifestyle and their, their history and their, their stuff. And I just want to read the scripture, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 through 15. 9 through 15. And I'm going to, go, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this story. I want to come back to this and preach from it, but I just want to use, talk about the word mantle here. It says, when they, 
When they arrived on the other side of Jordan, Elisha the prophet said to Elisha, What wish shall I grant you before I'm taken away into heaven? Then Elisha replied, Give me a double portion of your spirit. Elisha answered, You have asked a very difficult thing. But if you are with me and see me when I'm taken away to you from, to you from heaven, then I will give you a double portion. Otherwise, then you will not receive it. Okay, so I understand it probably got kind of awkward right here for Elijah. Because Elisha wanted this so bad. I want a double portion of, of your anointing, of your, of, of your life. I don't want a double portion of that. And, you know, and he says, okay, if you're with me when I leave, then I'll, I'll give it to you. But if you're not, then you don't get it. So I'm sure that he followed Elijah around everywhere he went. I'm going to the bathroom. Leave me alone, okay? I'll be back. You just, I'm fine. I, I, you know, I'll knock if I'm about to die. You know, but, but he just followed him around because he wanted it so bad. And it says, as they were walking along together one day, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. God, Jehovah, took Elijah up in a whirlwind into heaven. When Elisha saw it, he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot and the horsemen of Israel have come. When Elisha saw Elijah no more, he took hold of his um, own clothes and tore them apart. So what was happening, he was, getting, he was leaving, he was going to heaven. He, had, he tore his, his clothes apart and took, took off his, his mantle that he had on him. Then, uh, and, and it says he tore the clothes apart. Um, then Elisha picked up the mantle that had fallen off of Elisha, of Elisha, and he went into heaven. Elisha took the mantle and struck the water of the Jordan River, where the, where the Lord God of uh, Elijah, he had cried out. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'm sorry, he cried out. And the waters of the Jordan parted, and Elisha walked across on dry ground. See? Some of you may not have known that there's two instances where, where, where they walked across on dry ground. It wasn't just Moses. It was also a, a, Elisha here. It says, um, And they exclaimed, The spirit of Elijah now rests upon Elisha. And they went out to meet Elisha and bowed on the ground to honor him. So I want to talk about mantle. I got excited looking at that scripture, and I want to come back to that sometime in the future and preach about that scripture because it's so exciting to me. But I want to just talk about that mantle that he did. So I want to ask you today, what is your mantle? What, what is your heritage? Thank you, thank you. What, 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 is, your, what is your heritage? What is your, your DNA that you have, that you have on you? What did you put, what do you, sometimes, sometimes to, to get stuff put on us, we got to take stuff off, right? Well, so we took, we took stuff off and, and uh, he took off his old man and he wanted to, he wanted to be just like Elijah. He's like, man, the, uh, the power that you have, the anointing that you have, I want a double portion of that. And Elijah got taken away and all of a sudden out of heaven, out of nowhere came his mantle and it was almost like threw down to him. It was almost like threw down. He just had it all of a sudden out of nowhere. The mantle just got thrown to him. The, the mantle got thrown to him. <laughs> Gina talked to my mantle thrower. And so he wasn't paying attention. Oh, Jesus. Bless me, oh, Lord. Well, that effect was kind of blown, wasn't it? So it came, and th and that and that and Elijah and Elijah's mantle got put on on Elisha, and he just had this mantle, 
and it just got put on him, and he took on the mantle that he had. Now, if you read through the scriptures and you read through Elisha's life, you'll see that, that Elisha did absolutely, when he died, even on that day, he finished it two times as many miracles as Elijah did. He asked for a double portion, and that's exactly what he got. So what, what is it under your mantle today? If someone would say, what is the mantle on your life that God's given you, or that you have sought God for, rather? What is the mantle that you have that you are known for? What is the mantle that you have? What's your core value? What defines you? See, in the Old Testament, a, a person's mantle was woven together, like I said, in that DNA and as a heritage. Kind of like, you know, Joseph's coat of many colors. It was his dad's coat that he gave him, and it kind of symbolized that he had the blessing. Well, 2 Kings chapter 2, 13, it says, Then Elisha picked up the mantle that had fallen from heaven and it went up the, as he went up to heaven. What is the mantle? What are you branded by? I pray that the mantle that I have on my life is, is this, an unselfish, authentic, consistent, Christ-centered love. That's truly what I hope and pray that my mantle is. That people see the mantle on my life to be an unselfish, authentic, consistent, Christ-centered love love branded by God that's what that's what I want him to see on my life you know I, I, I remember as I was younger in life I used to really be big into watching Rob Parsley and his Dominion camp meetings they just were so cool to me and and I remember whenever Lester Summerall died he um he talked about how that was his pastor and he said that he had prayed and, and talked to his pastor and his pastor gave him his mantle that he had his his, his spiritual mantle and so I took that, and, and whenever I had a pastor, Pastor J.D. Simmons, and he's such a wonderful, loving pastor, and he has such a, the gift of being a pastor and loving on people. And when he, when he left the, the, the last church that we were at together, I told him, I said, are you retiring? He said, yeah. And, I, and I, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, I want your pastoral mantle. He said, what? And I said, I want your, I want your pastoral mantle, the mantle that you have as a pastor. I would like that. I would like for you to impart that to me. Now, I'm asking for a mantle that someone else has, okay? But, but that, that is just part of, of what I wanted to be, but I have my own mantle, okay? We'll get there in a moment. But, but you have your own mantle. Oh, this is like, okay. So, so but they have my own mantle. But I asked him, and so we went, we went to my mom and dad's house, and we had a little service, and he prayed for me, and he anointed me, and he put the, the anointing on my life, and he prayed, that I, he prayed that God would give me the gift of pastoralship that he had in his life and that it would carry on now what, what are you wanting what he had for no because i know i know he, he's retiring in his age and i wanted to carry on his legacy so it's not that i wanted what he had and i don't want my own stuff i want to carry on his legacy my, my spiritual mother Jeannie mayo she she talks about and there's a book that i'm reading right now called a hundred times leader and she's really big on that hundred times leader and what it's talking about is is taking leaving a legacy a hundred times over who you are so we need to find people what is mentorship I, whenever I was a youth pastor, man, I had mentorships like twice a year. I would have like six kids or eight kids, and I would meet with them um, two hours a week every single week um, of the year pretty much, and we would, we would, I would mentor them. I would speak for them. I would teach them um, how to, how to, everything, life, uh, job applications. We would talk about all kinds of things. But what I was doing, I was, men I, I was passing on my legacy to them, stuff that I had, stuff that I knew. I would pass on to them, mentorship. That, that is passing my mantle to them, right? And so we need to have people that we, are look, we look up to, that we, we are asking God to give us their mantle, the, the, the blessing that they have on their life, but also we need to have and find our own mantle, right? And so I want, and I pray that for me, and, and this may be your, your desire too, but that but people look at you and the mantle on your life that they see the most, hopefully people see that, that I'm, I'm a pastor like that, and, you know, and, and, uh, and it's so funny that Pastor J.D., after he left, I don't know, a year or so after he left, he, uh, 
He went to pass another church. I said, how are you going to pass it? You ain't got a mantle no more. <laughs> so, we, so we laughed about that. And so, and, and so anyway, he's getting ready to, to retire again. So, and so it, then it'll be totally mine. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but, but I want it to be that. But the thing is, is most people don't ever even want their own mantle. They always, they just want somebody else's stuff. They want, they want a, a mantle that somebody else has paid the price for and fought for, and they don't want to fight and pray and fight for nothing. But it's good to, to be mentored by somebody and, and, and learn from their, their faults and failures and learn from what they've been through and learn from all the things that, they, that they've gone and they mentor you and they pass on that legacy. They pass on that mantle to you. That's one thing. But you need to be defined in your life, not by somebody else's mantle, but, a, but by a mantle that you have fought for, that you have prayed for, that, you have, that cost you something, and that had a price tag to it. Let's see, um, Colossians 3 and 14 says, Above all. Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. The King James says, um, put on love. And the message says, regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Kind of like your underclothes. You just got to wear them every day. You got to put on love every day. Same thing. Every day you got to put it on. It's got to be that garment. Now, even though it may not be your mantle that you have, that you're really wanting to be known by for, for love, but it's something that you still need to put on every day. It's still something that you need to look for every day. 2 Kings 2 and 9b, it says, Then Elisha said, Give me a double portion of your spirit. See, far too often, our future sadly becomes times in our life where we look back and wish stuff that we have not done today. <clears throat> so in our future, we look back today and see things that we wish we had done that we didn't. Okay? And so therefore, so for instance, I bet, I wonder if, if Elisha ever looked back and said, here's my, the day that I'm going to die, and I've done two times as many um, miracles as Elijah did, Elijah, Elijah did. And I wonder if he thought, well, what if I would have asked for a triple portion? Or a quadruple portion? <clears throat> what if I just would have said, just give me more, tw ten times as much as you got. And wonder if it would make a difference. So what I'm saying is, sometimes when we're praying to God for things, we limit God by our prayers. Say, so God, not just, no, no, God, just let me have a good day today. God, no, let me, God, let me have a good life beginning with today. Let me have a life. Lord, just heal me of this cold. No, God, heal me of sickness. Heal me of, of, of whatever it may be. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, Pay attention to when we pray to God, how we're praying and our vocabulary when we pray, because he, an he, he answers our prayers. And he's not going to say, you know, well, hey, you want a double portion, I'm just going to give you ten times. Well, sometimes that happens, but on a normal basis, it doesn't. So what are you doing today to, to create a Christ-honoring mantle for yourself tomorrow that someone else will look at you and say, man, I, I want to I be like Curtis. Like, Curtis prays, man. I want to I be a prayer warrior like Curtis. You know, what in your life are, do you, are you creating that you're asking God for on your life, that you are fighting for, and you're paying the price for it, and you've been through the hurt and pain of that, and, and, and you want to be able to be the person that you're able to say, hey, let me mentor you. Let me pour into you before I die what I have that I can share with you that can make you better, and you can take that legacy on. I want to be. I want to create a legacy. When I leave, I don't want to be. I don't want to be just a a one a, a one. You know, whenever someone passes, a lot of times they're they're just known by one sentence. And if I'm only not been known by one, you know, they say, well, he's a good guy, where he was funny, or he was this, or that. I want to be known by a, a powerful sentence. I want them. I want. I want to have create a legacy that when I leave, that people can't keep it to one sentence. 
but not about me, but about the love that I showed, the care I showed, the past, the, the souls that I were after. Not because I was anybody, but because of what Christ was through me. Matthew 9, 36 says, But when Jesus saw the people, he was moved with compassion because he saw them as a sheep without a shepherd. Anybody remember that scripture? Does that sound familiar to anybody? What, script, what, what message was that about? Anybody remember what, my message I preached a couple weeks about that, that talked about that scripture? God goggles, remember? That we have to see others as a sheep without a shepherd. You know, God goggles and Satan shades. That was, remember that's what I was talking about. So, compassion. If you look at compassion, it's, you know, C-O-M. If you break it down, C-O-M-E, come, is actually, is, is the E is kind of silent, right? So it says come. So what we, for compassion, we come to Jesus first and we drink from his love. We come to Jesus and we drink from his love and then pass it on. We pass it on. We pass it We take a drink from his love and then we pass it on to someone else. So for you to have compassion, then you come to God and get that love, and then you go to somebody else and you pass it on. You're, 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 you're having compassion for them, amen? And that, because let me tell you what, apart from, apart from that, apart from you going to God and getting that love and passing it on, your love can't last for everybody. Why? Because sometimes your love is diminished that you have. The love that you have sometimes ain't that good. Sometimes you ain't got no love to share with nobody in your own being. So we can't have compassion. Sometimes we, ain't, we as humans ain't got no compassion on people. So if we're not constantly going to God and receiving his love for compassion to pass it on, then, then we have nothing to give everybody. You may love your family, but sometimes you sit in a room, you're like, oh, y'all get out of the room. Just leave me alone. My God, just leave me alone. Right? I, I don't never say that. I'm saying y'all might say that. Because I go to God for my, for my, my love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but, but, so the thing is, though, but see what I'm saying, though? So in ourselves, we can't, we can't, we can't, we're going to give out. So we got to keep going to God for that, for that love, okay? So three, three practical keys, three steps, three ways, three, three stairs, whatever you want to say, for becoming a person of love. The first off, remember that you will always receive the positive character traits that you pray for repeatedly. So if you want that, if you want that mantle of love in your life, then, then you've got to pray on a regular basis. God, give me that mantle of love. God, give me that mantle of love. God, I want to have more love for people. I want to have more compassion for people. Or maybe, God, I want the mantle of faith, God. I want to be a faith warrior, God. Or God, I want to be a, a peace. I want to have a mantle of peace that I walk around that I'm a peacemaker. God, I want, to, I want to be that person, I want a mantle of joy that I can walk around and just share, dread, shed joy, dread, that I can shed joy on people. You know, what, what is your mantle that you're looking at, that people, you want people to look at you and say, I have a mantle of prayer. If you need prayer, you know you can come to me. You know, uh, who, what, what kind of mantle do you have that you are, or, and if you don't have one, it's not too late. You can start asking today for that mantle. You can ask yourself an honest question. How often do I, do I pray for a characteristic that I'm asking God to give me? When's the last time that you said, God, help me love better? You know why we don't pray that? Because we have unforgiveness in our heart. And we know if we ask God to help us pray, we've got to forgive somebody. We don't want to do that. So therefore, we are like, okay, we're not praying about love. God, give me faith to knock the snot out of that person. Now, you know what I'm saying? 
No, you know, we, 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 we talk like that. You know, we want faith and we want joy and I want peace and I want power and I want your anointing. But don't give me love because I've got to forgive people. And God's like, you forget the greatest of these is love. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. So we have to ask. There, there, there's gifts that God gives us, but we have to ask for other things. And you have to seek for it. And you have to knock for it. And you have to go on. And, 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 and as, our, as, as, as you pray, you've got to remember that, that, that love is one of the fruits of the Spirit, not the gifts of the Spirit. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Doug? Well, you grow fruit, you're giving gifts. So God gives us the gifts of the Spirit as, as He so ever wills and as we pray for and ask for them. But you've got to grow fruit, all right? And, and, and all I know, there's, there's several things that come in with, 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 with fruit, growing fruit. But there's two big things that it, it takes for, for fruit to grow. One is time. It takes time for fruit to grow, so don't expect it overnight. And number two, it takes manure. Okay? So there's going to be a bunch of junk and, and dung in, in your life. There's a, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of hardships, a lot of stuff's going to happen in your life. And, 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 and just look at it. When you're going through these bad times, say, God, thank you for this fertilizer. <laughs> it's just going to make me better, and I'm going to grow stronger and faster. You know? And you just got to look at it. But it takes, thing, it takes the bad times for you to grow that fruit. Nobody, nobody that has the power of prayer has never really prayed a whole lot. Nobody that has love has never been through situations where they've been brokenhearted, busted, and disgusted. Nobody that has a man of love has ever been to a place, has, that hasn't been to a place of broken, backstabbing, and betrayal. So use what you have in your life to, to faith. Maybe you had to believe for finances and miracles and all this kind of stuff. So maybe you need to pray for that gift of faith. So, so, so you can pray for something that you really haven't been through, but you're, like you said, you're starting from the seed at that point. So ask for the mantle of something that you've been through that, that you can go for. And then ask for, plant a seed for, for the future. God is, God, see God, you know, we, uh, this is a microwave society, right? But God is so much more an oven. Or maybe even like a slow cook crock pot. I mean, he ain't in a hurry. You know, we're like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But God, but God, oh my God, right now, God. Okay. You know, he, our, our, God is not this way, but this just comes to my mind, and it just, it's funny to me, help you understand what I mean. You ever, have you ever seen, uh, I, I think it was um, the country guys, what's the country show, the country boys, they're not a big show no more. No, 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 no. The, no, Duck Dynasty. You know Mountain Man? He's like, well, I'll tell you. You gotta go down the street, then you turn left. And he's just, he just, he's mad. He just talks real slow. And I just see God like, like, you know what? I've got a plan, and you're trying to speed me up, and I'm on a slow road. Okay. But what's so cool is God is so methodical and slow, and He just takes His time because He He knows everything. But here's the thing: what what does that song say? You know, He's He's He may not come when you want Him, but He's always right on time. He knows when to speed up and say, "Now what? Excuse me." What do I need to do right now? You know, so, so but on, our, on a regular pace, he's, he's slow and methodical, and he, may, he has a process, because we want now, 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 and he's like, that's not the kind of God I am. There's a process. It takes time. 
I'm not just going to dump love on you. You've got to go through stuff. You've got to pay the price tag for that. And it happens over a period of sometimes a lifetime to do so. Remember that actions of love will eventually create feelings of love. James 2 and 20 says, faith without works is dead. See, uh, love must be learned. Love must be learned. See, actions cannot be learned. I mean, actions, I'm sorry. Actions can be learned. Feelings cannot. Feelings cannot. Oh, well, I'm sad. Can you learn? Can you learn how to be sad? Can you learn how to be happy? Can you, you can't really learn. But actions can. I'm joyful. You know, uh, I, 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 I love. You have to love. You know, feel, feelings, feelings come from your, from your mind and your thoughts. And, and, and for you to be able to truly be able to learn things, you've got, you've got to go through the process of looking at them, planning, talking, praying, and seeking and knocking. Jenny Mayo, my spiritual mother, told me, said, said that love must be learned and learned again and again. She said, there's no end to learning love. And then she said, on the other hand, coldness, selfish indifference, hatred need no instruction. So you learn how to love. It's a process. You've got to learn how to forgive. And you've got to do it over and over and over again. You've got to learn how to love. You know, that, that kind of thing. You've got to learn patience. But when it comes to hatred, how many kids come out? They come out with attitude and bit. Well, ah, 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 no, no. Right off, you know, the, kids, the little babies, they come out, no. Mine, mine, mine. Selfishness. But nobody taught them that. They just learned that. Um, and they didn't learn that. It's just in them, sorry. Because we're all born into sin, correct? People remember how, people don't remember what you said. They remember how Jesus made them feel through you. Because we can say stuff, but whenever you go, when we go to God to, for his love and the compassion, we, we get filled up with his love, and then we go to somebody, people know, know that you're the person they went to, but it's the Jesus in you that really makes them and moves them to how they feel. Because see, Small, small acts of kindness brings big dividends. Even if the other person doesn't like it, it doesn't matter. Even if the person doesn't act like it. By you doing small acts of kindness and showing that love to someone, it doesn't matter how they react. You did it. Because here's the thing. Whenever you, you have small acts of a kindness and you're doing things for somebody, trying to show love and compassion, you have to do it with no strings attached. Yeah, but you don't understand how many times. Well, let me tell you this right here. When you give something and you want a return for it, that's an investment. When you give something and you don't want nothing for it, that's love. But if you're wanting, looking something back for what you did for somebody and how you, you do yourself and you, you, your motive was really not to show love but to get something back from that, whatever that is, then, then that's not love. True love is giving and doing things for people, small acts of kindness, and, and just being there for people and caring for people because of, of the love of God, not expecting no investment. I, I gave that, I'm not expecting in return for that. I did it out of love. I did it out of compassion. So expectations um, are, are, res, um, are resentments waiting to happen. Because if you're expecting something back, and when you're trying to love somebody and give somebody because you love them, when you're expecting something back, your, your resentment's probably going to come because a lot of times we don't get back. So then all of a sudden we start resentment because look what I did for them. How many times have you heard somebody, can you, you know what all I've done for them? Look what I've done for them. I've done this, this, and this, and, and I ain't got nothing for it. Okay, so then what happens? So they did it out of love, supposedly, and then all of a sudden resentment comes in, right? 
And then they start resenting people and places and things because of the way that they, 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 they set themselves up for that failure. But we have to care what happens when you're loving someone. You have to care what happens to them. You've got to care about the person that you're loving. Because if not, they can tell that you don't love them, that you don't care about them. I don't care if it's about soccer. I don't care if it's video games or shopping or skateboarding. I don't care if it's bingo. I don't, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's uno. Whatever, whatever the person you're find something that, that, with that person and try to connect. Find something. Hey, we're from the same town. We grew up here. What, I don't care what it is. Find birthdays, anniversaries. We like dogs together. We like cats, whatever it may be. Find something and, and build that bond and find some kind of connection point. You go to church, you're a Christian. Find something that you, can, that you can build upon. You don't have to be good about it. You don't have to be good at it. Just care about it. And prepare. When you're trying to do acts of kindness and you're trying to truly love somebody and have compassion, be prepared to be taken for granted. Because that's what's going to happen in this, world, this cruel world. Even in the church, I try super hard to, for my, leader, my, my creative leadership and, and all my, my leaders uh, over teens and stuff. I try super hard to never make them feel like they're taken for granted. But I'm sure at times they do. Even though I try so hard to love and care and talk to them about all the amazing things they're doing, how cr incredible they are, I, I still feel like at times they feel like they're taken for granted. And I, never, I want them to know that I care about them and I appreciate what they're doing. See, um, C.S. Lewis says that God whispers in the good times, but shouts in the pain. So you can be assured that God never will waste your pain when you get hurt from somebody or something. God, matter of fact, the Word of God says that He bottles up all your tears in a jar just to in the future one day pour them back over you in joy. What, what do we need to do to help this compassion and show this love? We need to, to talk less and listen more. I did not really understand that until I became a pastor. As a youth pastor, no, 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 you shut up and listen to me. <laughs> you, know, you know, but as a pastor, I, I, I realized the, the, the importance, especially in counseling and talking, that, 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 that I, I don't always have to have the right answer because I'm one that I want to help, and I want to help so much, I've got an answer for you probably. But I can't always, sometimes I, I find myself holding on to the answer because I just need to listen. And maybe even not even saying, sharing the answer at the time, sometimes it's for that person to find the answer out themselves. But when we listen more, we understand more. How many times, gentlemen, in our lives have you been in a, in a fight with your wife, and if you just would have listened about five seconds longer, longer the fight wouldn't have happened? <laughs> because we don't want to listen. We just want to act, right? The, the road to the heart, Voltaire said, he was, he was a philosopher, Voltaire said, the road to the heart is most often through the ears. And since, in a, since it's, it's you know, Valentine's area, and, and if, if, you, if you're married especially, you know, gentlemen, one of the greatest things you can do to your woman's heart, your wife's heart, is to just to listen to her. She cares deeply about being heard. Then the only the only way um, to be deeply heard in another person's life is to be is to deeply listen. So if you want to hear, if you want them to hear you, then you just got to listen first. And then see, and we got to create. God, God moments through our listening and allow God to, after we listen, ask God for the right time and the place to say to certain things and ask Him to help. Not just, you know, we look for God moments in church. Well, that was God. Well, that was God. But do we really look for God moments to show compassion outside of church? 
See, it will only be as you continue to draw strength from God's portion and character that you will be able over the long haul to keep giving love away. See, some scriptures that, that talk about God's character and who He is that you can pray back to the Lord is Psalm 68, 5. He said He's a father to the fatherless, is God in His holy dwelling. Maybe you don't have a father. Maybe your father's passed, and, or maybe you, you didn't have a, a father, a spiritual father at all, and you kind of grew up without one. And God said He's a father to the fatherless, and He can be your father today. 1 Corinthians 4, 16-18. I am writing this not to shame you, um, I am, no, I'm sorry, I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you. As my dear children in the faith, even though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many fathers in faith. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is Paul. You know, that, that's where he was talking about follow me as I follow Christ. See, there's a lot of, you have a lot of instructors you know, and you have even parents. But, but that's why whenever I was a youth pastor, I had a lot of kids that looked at me as their spiritual father. They may have had a father, didn't have a father at all, but they looked to me as a spiritual father. That, that, that source of, of spiritual help and wealth and, and growing and, and instruction. Because they had all kinds of instructors in their life, but they didn't have fathers in the faith. And I have fathers in the faith. It's, it, just, it doesn't just stop with me. You know, if you were a father in, or, or a mother in the faith to somebody, you need to have somebody above you that you are pulling from. And so it, it flows all the way down. Um, Isaiah 40 and 29 and 31. Lord, give me the power when I'm tired and I'm worn out. And you give me strength even when I'm weak. Even people who are young will become exhausted and young men will simply tire out and give up. But Lord, I'll wait on you. You are renewing my strength. I am mounting up with wings as eagles. I am running and not become weary. I am walking by your grace, and Lord, I am not fainting. 2 Corinthians 4, and, um, 16 through 18. There's another one that you can pull on. That is why I will never give up. For, the, for though my outward body may be dying, my inward strength in the Lord is being renewed every day. That's something that we can all put on our, on our, our mirror at home. Or, or on your car, somewhere in your car, or somewhere in a book, or somewhere on top of your Bible, or, or somewhere. It says, that's why I will never give up. For though my outward body may be dying, my inward strength in the Lord is being renewed every day. The troubles that are suffering are my, that are mine are really small in light of eternity. And in compassion, in comparison to all eternity, my earthly troubles don't last very long. Yet, this short time of difficulty is resulting in God's richest blessings on me forever and forever that's why i don't focus much on the troubles and the problems that are around me i look for forward to the joy of heaven which i have not seen these troubles that i'm experiencing now will soon be over but the joy to come will last forever that's that's what we got to hold on to that's what we can hold on to to continue to draw strength. We can read these scriptures and, 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 and draw from God's um, compassion. If you could come. I got this little story. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a little tiny long, but not too long. And then we'll close. This is a true story from what I've been told and, and read, but I can't verify that it, it was. I couldn't, I couldn't find it, but it, it is told to be a true story. It was this woman, and she said, I, I walked into Walmart to grab some last-minute things, and as she watched, she said, as I walked through the, the front of Walmart, I saw the long line, and I thought, I'm going to be here forever. It's going to take forever to get out of here. I hurried and ran over to the toy aisle because I, I, was, I had some family coming over for, this, for a summer cookout, and there were some kids that were going to come, and I wanted to keep them busy, so I got some toys from the toy aisle. 
And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a little boy standing motionless, a little further down the aisle than I was. And he was clutching to a small little baby doll and touching the top of the doll's head very lightly. And I kept trying to look in my direction. And I wondered who, what, who the doll was for, and, and I, di I didn't know. And, and the, the boy looked a little too old to have a doll and, you know, a little too boy to, to, to want it for himself. And so I, I, watched, I watched as he turned to his, his aunt and said, Auntie, Auntie, are you sure I don't have enough money for this doll? She said, I am absolutely sure. And he just stood there. Standing alone, his, his, his auntie said, look, you know what? I'm going to go over here and look at something at this end of the aisle. You stand right here, and you, and you can play until I get back. And he stood alone, hugging the doll, just kind of looking weird in his eyes, kind of like, I don't know what to do. So after a while, I walked over to him, and I said, who are you wanting to buy, buy the doll for? He stumbled through his words, and he said that it's the doll my little sister wanted for her birthday. She just knew that she was going to get it. I wanted to somehow make it make, make the obvious disappointment kind of easier and less painful. When I said, "Well, maybe somebody will get her birthday, you know, get the baby doll for her for her birthday," there was an extremely awkward pause. Then he looked at me, choking back the tears, and said, "No, ma'am. There can't be a birthday party this year because of where my sister is right now. I have to give this doll to my mama and ask her to take it to her." All of a sudden, things in Walmart became very quiet. Finally, I gathered enough courage to ask where his, where his sister was. His eyes immediately filled with tears, and fighting them back, he, he looked away and pulled up his T-shirt and wiped his eyes. And he said, she's gone to heaven to be with Jesus. And my dad said that my mom was going to be going there real soon, too. My heart almost stopped for a beating for a moment, and then I tried to masquerade my, my anguish. I told dad, I told dad to ask mama not to go yet, because she's going soon, he says. And I asked her not to go back, to go, to not to go yet, asked her to please wait till I got back from Walmart so I can buy this baby doll. Struggling for words myself, I said, he, he, he looked at me and said, I want to show you a picture on my aunt's cell phone. It's a picture of me and my mama. I want her to take it with heaven with her so that she'll never forget what I look like. I'm sure she didn't have to, I'm, I'm sure, I sure wish she didn't have to leave us too because I love her so incredibly much. I think she's my favorite person in the whole wide world. But dad says she has to go to heaven soon to take care of my little sister. The, the boy then lowered his head and started to cry again. I quickly reached into my, into my wallet and grabbed some money and, 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 and bought it up in my fist and said, well, let's count how much money you got again, buddy. And he gave me the money, and I put it in my hand. And I looked at it, and all of a sudden he counted all the money, and there was more than enough. And I said, there's more than you need, buddy. She, he said, I just knew there would be enough. Jesus loves my little sister. So after the boy handed me the small amount of money, money, he said, thank you, Jesus. I knew there would be enough money. Then he looked at me and said, I knew Jesus would come through. I asked him to let me buy this doll for Mama. And secretly, I asked him, would I, could I have enough money left over to buy a white rose for my Mama because that was her favorite. I didn't get too far away from that. And he said, I got enough. God really does answer my prayers, he said. 
A few minutes later, the aunt returned to the aisle and counted the sum of money and was really confused on how all of a sudden he had more money than he needed. As I started, I went home and as I started to fall asleep that night, I heard on the local news about a drunk driver that hit a car head-on killing a young toddler and girl inside. And the mother had been raised to the hospital in critical care and they were, they were going to take her off of life support. My heart stopped once again. I, I knew that this had to be the scenario that happened that I was a part of. The next afternoon, I was running errands and I had to go downtown and I, I went by the, the uh, funeral home. And there were a few cars there, and I just had to know if this was, was it or not. And, and I walked inside, and as I walked inside, I was wondering, th there was nobody there. So the family had probably left for lunch or maybe changed clothes, but the casket was open, and I just had to know I wasn't dressed for a, a funeral. So I walked over and peeked over the side, and yes, there was a beautiful young lady there clutching onto the little baby doll that I saw on Walmart with a picture of the little boy in her other hand that she was, he so proudly showed me on his, on his aunt's phone. And I just knew, and I was so thankful because then I looked over and I saw three white roses. He had enough to even buy three. And it was so exciting for me to know that my little act of kindness that I had had such a significance that I had no clue on how it would impact the future of this child and for others. You never, ever know something small and simple that you do, what an impact it's going to have over the next days, weeks, months, or years. I simply had the, the privilege of partnering with Jesus and being something special for that child, of being able to, to give his sister the, the, the little dolly that she wanted and the roses that he wanted to give his mother so as you leave today I want you to walk out of this service and say God help me to make love a verb let me have action God don't let me just say I love and tell people I love and say we love as a church let us have love as an action and let me show love whether it's giving a little kid a couple of dollars paying for somebody's stuff behind me and, 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 and at the Dunkin Donuts or maybe it's just a smile, a handshake, or hey, God's got it, whatever you're going through, or I care about you, I don't know you, but I love you. Or maybe when you come to church, or maybe it's just a hug, maybe it's a fist bump, maybe it's listening. It ain't always got to be money. Maybe it's helping a neighbor pick the trash out of the yard or take it to the street. What is it that, what is it that we can make our love in action? A kingdom impact. We want to impact through love. Impact is an action word. So we want to impact others through the love of Christ, through real relationships. You may not see a little boy in Walmart like that, but if you do, hey, give him a couple of dollars and I'll pay you back if you don't have it. But, but, but you're going to see people throughout the day and this week that you can show love as an action word, and love as a verb. I think Toby Mack in DC Talk, Love is a verb. I think that was a song that they even they wrote and they sung called Love is a Verb. It's action. We have to be a vessel, a conduit of his love. We don't contain that love. He has that love and it flows through us to others. And it has to be real. And by God, in this church, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that love is a verb, at least in this room. I can control that the best I can. Because we want to have active 
impactful, loving action. And I pray that this is not the only place that you allow love to be a verb in your life. That when you leave today, you make love a verb for somebody. That you make love for uh, that you make love a verb for that for that person that lives next door that's single, that their husband died, that they're not feeling much love right now. That you can go over there and sit with them and just tell them how much you care about them and how much you love them. On Valentine's, there's, you know, there's single people who are all, a lot of times concerned because they don't have, have somebody there. And they wonder, well, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Why ain't I married? Everybody else is married. And it just becomes, talk to, show love as a verb and talk to somebody and let them know how much they, you, they mean to you, how much you, they care about you, and how much, I mean, how much you care about them, and how much you, you are there for them. Maybe someone has had a, a, a child or a mother or a father pass or die. Call them up and let love be a verb. Some, just a phone call. That's action. What can we do as a church of Kingdom Impact do to make love the biggest verb in our vocabulary? Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here at all that would say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want, I, want to come, I want God to come in my life. I want to know about this love you're talking about. This sounds amazing, and I want some of it. If you're here today and you want Christ to come in your heart and forgive you of your sins, would you raise your hand right now? To me so I can see it. And you're just saying, I want to I want to receive, I want to be saved. Is there anybody here that I want to be saved today? Well, you want to turn your heart to God. Anybody? Who would say, Pastor Doug, I want love to be the biggest verb in my collect my vocabulary. And I want the love to be the biggest verb in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Amen, 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 amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for everything that you've done. God help me as pastor to make sure that love is a verb. Help me to, to do things to show kindness and, and carry around the mantle of love. Help us, God, today find our mantle that we want to, to wear and help us to pray and actively ask you about it and pray for it that we can have the mantle of faith or, 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 or of patience or, or of peace or of love or of friendship or, or discipleship or maybe it, 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 it's, Lord, it, it's, it's a spiritual father or a spiritual motherhood. God, help us to find out what that is and help us to seek you, ask and knock, God, Lord Jesus, and seek, Father, for that to happen in our lives so that we can be better like you, so we can imitate you, so we can come to you. Help us to fill up on your love because your love tank is never empty. And help us to turn around and have compassion and pass it on to others. We love you for that, God, and we honor you, sir, today. You are amazing. And we worship you. Thank you for this time of year. Help Kingdom Impact to make love a verb. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.